Welcome back to the Cock and Ball Pod, a weekly look at all things Spurs and the time it takes you to walk from Seven Sisters to White Hart Lane. Uh, just a reminder, you can follow us on our Facebook page or on Twitter at Cock and Ball underscore pod. And you can also email in. You could be the first one ever to do so. I can't remember what the email address is, Ashley. <laughs> Cock and Ball Pod at gmail.com. I should have guessed that. Uh, I'm Tom, aka Fan, and I'll be trying to lead this tier one podcast down the Tottenham High Road, ideally into a pub. Uh, and with me tonight, in tier two, is a man who definitely shouldn't mix with others indoors. It's Ashley. <laughs> Thanks, mate. At least I still go to the pub, though. That is true, you tier two wanker. <laughs> and in tier three tonight is the man who closes this podcast borders on libel and slander. It's Jim. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and in tier four tonight, Jules, because, well, he, he's just not here. And he, he's certainly a man who could get away with not having a haircut for a while, in fairness. So... Uh, we shall move swiftly on, but Merry Christmas to all. This is our Christmas podcast, our inaugural one, and we wish you the bestest of wishes. And the best of wishes to Jim and Ash tonight. How are you doing? Yeah, well, thanks. How are you guys getting on? Yeah, all right. Thanks, chaps. Uh, glad not to be in the tier four hellscape. So, uh, yeah, all good. How about you, Fan? Yeah, my parents have to open their own amazon packages for presents this year because i haven't been able to get back to wrap them um i'd say that's more of a sustainable way of doing it so anyway after our anguish at uh, anfield last week we jumped straight out of the frying pan into the fire with a home loss uh, against leicester uh ash as i I said it in the last pod that two counter-attacking teams were going to look like two sets of 11 men staring at each other wasn't that far wrong was i no, no, not at all. It wasn't a fun one to watch, especially from a Tottenham fan. I think the annoying thing about it is it's, it's fine being a counter-attacking team, but you need to actually attack with some purpose. So we, we seem to, over the last couple of games, we seem to just move the ball to Kane or to Son as fast as possible. But there's no, there's no plan. We're not looking to see whether that's the right pass or whether there's a second or a third phase that can follow from that. Uh, when you when you start building those attacks and when you can start finding players moving forward into space, it's when you can start having loads of different attacks that are going to be more dangerous and ultimately that's more exciting for us and that's what we want to see, right? I was quite surprised with this game. I thought it would go a completely different way because uh, last year, last season, Spurs were out of sight with, with, in the first half and the way that Leicester play, I think if you can get in behind them, even though they're a counter-attacking team themselves, tends to kind of suit opponents that can do that. But... Um, I just thought, you know, sometimes it happens. Tottenham didn't play particularly well the other day, and Leicester did. And I don't think there's any need for a, a big inquest or sort of catastrophizing about what went wrong, except to say that, you know, um, Leicester turned up. For some reason, Brendan Rodgers has a really, really good record against Spurs, which is maybe an indictment on Spurs more than to say that <laughs> Brendan Rodgers is any good. But... Um, in, Fairness to him, Jose nailed it that two teams that are pretty similar in quality um, can be quite well matched. And sometimes it's just a mistake that sends the game on a trajectory in one way or another. And um, I don't think you'll see a more stonewall pen all season than that. So, you know. <laughs> I think Aurier literally threw his hands up immediately when, yep, that was <laughs> stupid. Oh, shocking. I mean, he could have tried to argue that it wasn't in the box. It was that bad he didn't even bother. Um, but I think Leicester did deserve a bit more um, credit. I mean, Jim, you've kind of agreed with Jose that it was quite an even game. 
I think I slightly disagree. I think Leicester had a game plan to to snuff us out and it, they did it really well. They cramped out the midfield. We had our best creative players on the pitch and arguably in Lachelso and, and Dombele. And they had absolutely no effect on the game at all to the point where Dombele was uh, hauled off at half-time. And the only space that we could see was uh, probably from the wing-backs, which is typical because we weren't bearing any wingers. There was no width. So it was always going to be Aurier. Whenever Aurier got it, Fuchs was really aggressive in the way he closed him down. And we needed to exploit that because their press was quite aggressive. That pulls players out of position. That creates space somewhere else. We just weren't moving. They, they had more desire. They had more vision. They would just seem to be more bothered about it. As for Aurier, I talked about it a few pods ago. He seems to be a big game player. Mm. And <laughs> you get to these sort of, as soon as you get uh, what he might class as a mediocre opposition, and it goes back to the Aurier of old. Um, I just think <laughs> to remind Don't... him that Leicester have won a title and he, he might have turned up. Otherwise, he's just yeah. playing for big games and stick to the old Doherty. They're a weird side, aren't they, Leicester? I can't work them out. I mean, can work them out. They just counter-attack very, very well. But like, sometimes they're brilliant and sometimes they're just absolutely shite. And like, <laughs> I, d- I just find them quite difficult to like these days and I don't know whether it's because of the magic of everything that happened under Ranieri just kind of disappeared very quickly and now they've got hashtag family man Brendan Rodgers and it's still Jamie Vardy being Jamie Vardy but there's just something about them that I'm a bit like yeah I just don't I don't feel good about Leicester at all but uh going going back to to Jose and the tactics a little bit um I, I'm generally speaking I'm a Jose fan but I kind of feel for his wife a little bit because he's got he's the kind of guy that if something works once, he'll do it over and over again, no matter what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying we need to change completely or he needs to change completely, but it'd be nice if he spiced it up every now and then. Yeah, there's got to be different methods of attack. You know, there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. He's got to find a way of breaking down teams that are harder to break down. And all the games that we have had one against lesser opposition running up to this, they weren't easy. They, they weren't as good as they should have been. And bearing in mind last season, he was still finding ways to break these teams down. And I don't know why. Against lesser opposition, we have kind of regressed. Well, I, I do kind of know why. It's because he persists in playing Suzuka. And I don't blame him because there's no other option, really. Because uh, Winks isn't really as aggressive as he would like him. He's not as much of an athlete. But let's be honest, like Suzuka's got the vision of a mole. He's not going to be able to to spin pivots and play into space and know where to run into. He just... Oh, he just takes markers out of the game by just standing and not offering a pass, and that'll be his defence. Well, t- someone's marking me out of the game here, so I- I- I'm taking him out. No, just move and move and offer for it. And then he took Oreo off and put Suzoko in ride right, as you, which was the most creative position. And he put Suzoko there, and the Chelsea and Dombele are off the pitch, and I- it just beggars belief sometimes. Mm. It's a miserable watch, isn't it? Yeah, you want to at least watch some football. That's if nothing else. If, if you're not going to get a result, then you may as well try and enjoy watching some of it. And it just feels a little bit like I'd genuinely rather be wallpapering the kitchen than <laughs> sitting through 45 minutes of bags. It's just like there's just not much in terms of entertainment there, is there? And if you can't be entertaining, if you can't be entertaining, win. If you can't win, be entertaining. But the absolute worst thing you can do is be crap and unentertaining. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did anyone see um, James Madison's goal that wasn't a goal and then the dodgy little dance that he did down the camera when he did it? I don't know if you saw it. If you haven't seen it, watch it. But he does it. It's like a sort of Peter Crouch-esque little dance, but without <laughs> being Peter Crouch. And it was just or a goal, <laughs> or a goal. You know, like obviously J- James Madison is somebody who really thinks he's someone. And I just wonder whether there's like a dad dance of death for people that are, have such a good opinion of themselves that like, they just curse themselves. So you got, you got like Alan Pardew, FA Cup final against United. James Madison the other day. Theresa May, Tory Party Conference. Mm. Do you remember when Gemma Collins fell through that stage? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Or like when Vardy did a week shattered that corner flag. And if you celebrated like that, literally split a corner flag in half, and a VAR went, no. <laughs> You've got to find a corner flag from somewhere. You might as well be the corner flag. It's that embarrassing. I was quite fucked off with Kane as well, actually. Oh, he just frustrates me. It's like watching someone who's constantly played semi-pro on FIFA for... Years and years and years. And, you know, you can just run through midfields and sort of essentially just score from anywhere. And that's almost like what he was trying. He just got frustrated because it wasn't going well. And then that's what he does. He just picks up the ball to try and be the hero. And you think, no, just fucking play it wide. Like, you, use your vision. You've got vision. And then it's, you know, he's going from semi-pro FIFA to turning it up to world class. And all of a sudden, they just knock you over as soon as you get it. It just doesn't work like that. You can't just waltz through midfields. So even he frustrated me. And he's world class. <laughs> <laughs> that a cocky prick on the uh, lunchtime game at school, wasn't it? That just picks up the ball and tries to do it all, all in his own. Yeah, just or dribble you... all the way to the other end of the pitch and then hit the post. <laughs> <laughs> I did see one. I can't. Th- I think it maybe like seventy fifth minute or something. He took a took a shot that wasn't particularly great. I think it went wide, and you could see him sort of turn as if he was expecting to run off celebrating before it even left his boot. And then he like, yeah, you just. Just look a bit of a tit now, don't you, really? I think he turned in embarrassment because normally you, <laughs> you look at your teammates like, oh, that was that was really close, wasn't it? And everyone goes, oh, yeah, unlucky. But <laughs> it was out wide. <laughs> he, just, he just turned away into an empty corner of the ground thinking, fuck, you know, we're, we're never going to score today, no matter how many minutes we are. It was all a bit crap, really, wasn't it? Talking of utter crap, um, we had a little discussion before Oh, we, we would set, set ourselves a task to try and find who would be or who are the most miserable club currently around, uh, probably with one eye to Stoke, to be fair. Jim, this was sort of your, you, you led on this one. What do you think? Yeah, I just got thinking because it's like the the old cliche of a cold Tuesday night on St- in Stoke. Is there a club that's more miserable and pointless and joyless <laughs> than Stoke City? I mean, um, it's in the name, isn't it? It sounds... <laughs> I was I was struggling beyond Stoke to be honest. The best I can do is Sunderland, or as I prefer to call them, Blunderland. But uh, <laughs> I mean, they've got nothing, have they? Millwall's just full of racists and overpriced beer. Um, mm. Ipswich must be pretty miserable because all they've got f- is farms and a rival that's far better than them, and they haven't even got <laughs> Mick McCarthy anymore. But, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd go for Sunderland. I don't know what any of you two think. Quite like Sunderland. I like. Um, Is that a one, pity? Fuck? Yeah, essentially, it's like one club cities. You know what I mean? They've got a um, bit of pluckiness to them. I like. It's like when we went up to Hartlepool Gym. We did Stevenage away once. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, people of Hartlepool, but you've got to be honest with yourselves. Like that. That I thought I died. It, it, I thought well, I was in yeah, purgatory because purgatory, it didn't really have yeah. a town centre. It had that square shaped 
uh, shopping centre, which is you just go <laughs> around in circles before you realise, hang on. We got lost for about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, but, but in fairness, it's a nice, quirky old ground. It's got a bit of character and the fans are actually quite nice, um, which yeah. I think is fully the same for Sunderland. I agree, I fucking hate Millwall. I'm just tired of their shit. They've got all this stuff about being a family club. I don't doubt that that sort of stuff happens. But at the end of the day, you're not even in fucking Millwall. You're in Bermondsey. Millwall's on the <laughs> other side of the river. So they can get in a bin. But if we're judging clubs on shit and it's got to be Luton. I fucking hate Luton. <laughs> as a club and a place. Well, you mentioned Stevenage, yeah, to be fair, Tom. And I put those on my list. So do you want to let us know how Stevenage is getting on? I mean... They are the second worst team in the football league, and they drew against the worst team in the football league, <laughs> who are the worst team in the football league because they are also in financial ruin. And Stevenage have been strange in the last few years by just being the best of the worst, which I think is in, plucky. In fairness to Stevenage, being the second worst team in the football league is a vast improvement on last season when they were the worst team in the football league and got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Speaking of tier four, though, do you reckon when the announcement came the other day for Spurs, uh, well, for London and the South East about being in tier four, uh, it kind of just got lost in translation and Spurs took it a bit too literally and decided, oh, fuck it, we'll just play like a League Two team now then? Well, Arsenal are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bringing it back to visible clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I've been I mean, a little bit different. I went with um, my first one I wrote down was Chelsea, and I'm a little bit biased, but you can't be cheerful when you've got no soul, can you? So <laughs> after that, Burnley, miserable watch. So they've got to be a miserable club as well, haven't they? Nothing good comes out of Burnley. And we've had the Newcastle discussion enough times with Jules, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like Newcastle because I like plucky one club towns, Jim, especially the ones in the, uh, the North East. In the North East. They're put a Kenny Lake. What about Borough? Ah, fuck them. <laughs> no, I, I, like them. I like them all yeah <laughs> apart from that time when we went to Stockton en route to Hartlepool oh god Never again. oh wow that was quite a road trip um, what about the opposite are there any clubs the that make it just, just fill you full of joy and hap- happiness well it is Christmas after all <laughs> I went abroad for this one I say abroad uh, I went to Italy and uh, that Atalanta at the that is abroad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, <laughs> being Italian, though, I'm a, it's a bit different for me. Um, but so, I went with Atalanta, um, they have no right to be punching at the weight they have been over the last couple of seasons. And I know a little bit about punching above your weight, and it's pretty damn cheering, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. I've met your fiance, yeah. That's a good show, actually. Atalanta are great to watch, aren't they? I've got a similar one, actually. Uh, not particularly because of the football they play, but just because they're like plucky underdogs that do it every time. A-Bar in Spain. Tiny, mm. tiny little club. They've got, I think, their stadium holds about 5,000. And they somehow manage to stay up every year and just <laughs> shit out their way to safety. <laughs> Is there a B-team called B-Bar? <laughs> <laughs> terrible, that. That's terrible. My uni club was called the Z-Bar, so... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> They're not affiliation they have. I was trying to think of any here that make me happy. And I was struggling, <laughs> really. I quite like Brentford. I um, had to go down the but, divisions considerably. Yeah. To but To get nice clubs. I like Brentford. Portsmouth always fill me with happiness. Um, like who married them. <laughs> Accrington, Stanley. Who are they? They're having a good time of it. Um, but I think it would probably have to be Leeds. 
just because how how can anyone not like a side that still has fun when they're being absolutely pummeled at Old Trafford? Yeah, it's annoying because I hated them before. Be able to turn up and <laughs> absolutely now look at them. Our leads, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> and my lead supporting girlfriend does have to sway me somewhat. I I actually stuck down to tier four again. Classic, very topical satire. Um, Forest Green Rovers. Yeah, they're, quite, um, they're a sustainable club and. They're kind of trying to do it in a little bit of a different way and I think that's a good way to go about it, really. Certain right-wing no. red faces probably don't appreciate the club as much as Well, no, do. the gammons will hate them. They'll think it's like <laughs> woke madness gone mad. But fuck them. It's the one up the gammons a little bit more. It's a, it's a club that actually play in predominantly pink. It's Dulwich Hamlet. Um, got yeah. a great community ethos and they're just lucky. They're likeable. They've got massive following considering the division that they're in. Uh, which I think is Conference South. Got one of the biggest followings in non-league football. Uh, mm. They get they get followings that wouldn't wouldn't really be out of place in the football league, to be honest. So I mean, they're yeah, welcome to Stevens. Feel good story of the season so far in Marine in the uh, in the FA Cup. So you know that bring that must bring a few people some joy. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> it's a uh, it's Christmas after all. So let's talk Christmas gifts. I think we're a little bit of task beforehand. If you were to choose. Uh, a gift for our team from a previous Jose squad. So any player that in their prime, you would be able to, to gift to our squad to help Jose and Spurs now. Who would you choose and why? And I have to say in their prime because Ash wanted clarity. Is it like Ronaldo in his prime? or No, Ash, fat Ronaldo now. I want him, want him in his current state. Games aren't fun if you don't know the rules. <laughs> I wanted to bring back uh, Pedro Mendes. Now that we've got goal line wow. technology, okay, huh? He played about yes. 40 odd games for Jose at, at Porto. That's true. Sham. But then so did Held Up a Stiga, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I think I'd have five down the list. Look at that sort of player. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I struggled. There's so many good players that have played for Jose. Not always had their best years under him, admittedly, but um, <laughs> in the end, I went for Wesley Schneider. Oh, yes. That's that a player we need. It would also just fit what Spurs are lacking at the moment. But close second was uh, Ashley Cole. Mm. Well, it's poor man's rugby on. But <laughs> Marcello, Chubby Alonso, Deco, take your pick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Michael Ballack. Um, Baron Fellaini. No, I went for right back, so because mm. the state of our fucking right backs, they, they frustrate me. You can talk about Orient, big games all you want, but you know he's had the likes of Mike on and. Paolo Ferreira playing for him. And one name I had forgotten he, he did play for him, Davide Santon. Do you remember him? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, his career went nowhere. He just kept going from Inter to Roma and here and there and then slowly gone downwards. So it's the Newcastle effect, wasn't it? <laughs> Jose has actually named his favourite uh, 11 ever, uh, which is earlier this year, that, that have played for him. Not a single Spurs player or a United player made it in there. How many can you get? Ronaldo, I'd imagine. Milito, mm-hmm. Snyder, Christian Kivu, Julio Cesar. You're having a shocker so far. <laughs> None of them. I think, really? I think wow. you've got one. What about like the likes of Eto? So Eto doesn't make it in there either, but ridiculously. Petr Cech and goal, fair enough. Left back, not Ashley Cole, William Gallat. Brilliant. John Terry at centre half with Ricardo Carvalho. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Javier Zanetti at left back. Uh, sorry, at right back. Uh, Claude Makaleli. Oh, I didn't say that. Lampard. Yes. Mesut Ozil. Serving a joke. Hazard. Ronaldo. Heard of him. So no place for Cassias, Ibrahimovic, Schneider, Cole, Sergio Ramos, Samuel Eto'o. He's had William some players. Porto players. Carvalho played for him Porto yeah, as well as Chelsea. That's true. That's true. Well, have you, have you heard anything about why Andrea Pirlo was in the news recently? According to Italian outlet Stamba, 48-year-old Alessandro Palazzolo attempted to pass himself off as Pirlo on the phone to boutique stores trying to get free clothes. <laughs> Three clothes. Yeah, the investigation <laughs> didn't start until the real pillow started receiving sort of final payment notices from orders. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know if you could pass yourself off as a footballer, who would it be and why? I did see a great video of someone who could do a really uncanny Sean Dyche impression. <laughs> and it, they rang up Grant Holt, who believed that it was Sean Dyche. <laughs> <laughs> and was sort of saying, oh, I'd love to, I'd love to have you in the team. Like, basically taught Grant Holt into siding for, I can't remember where Dyke was at the time, but it's only going to be Watford or, or Burnley. And he basically taught Grant Holt <laughs> into siding. <laughs> I'd, like to, um, I'd like to be Neymar so I can have holidays off every time a sibling has a birthday. <laughs> That'd be nice. Ali Dyer. <laughs> George Wire's cousin. Just for the pure audacity of it. I think he ended up at Gateshead. I would choose to be Max Cruiser, who plays for Union Berlin, uh, just because he lives in probably the coolest city in the world. He's absolutely tearing up the Bundesliga. Um, he's played everywhere that's fun and basically gets away with not giving a shit and turning up in whatever state he wants to um, and can just because he's so much better than everyone else in that <laughs> squad. Max Cruiser's <laughs> a professional poker player, apparently, as well. Yeah, he left. Uh, he once left uh, sixty thousand pounds worth of uh, poker winnings in the back of a taxi. Mm. It's a bit <laughs> of a tip, isn't it? Reminds me of Christmas's past when Balotelli went around in a blue centre kit uh, or outfit when he was at City, paying for everybody's petrol when it at a petrol station. You don't get that anymore. Uh, yeah. There's many philanthropic footballers, apart from Marcus so, Rashford, who see, kind of yeah. fed the hungry kids. But you know. <laughs> But I mean in a quirky way, do you know what I mean? Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Marcus. No, you've done loads of good work, but it doesn't count because <laughs> you're a square. Yeah, um, you're not wearing a silly hat. Put a silly hat on. No, I mean, like, if you're going to give out food vouchers, do it on some sort of um, hover sleigh because you're that rich. Uh, just start. <laughs> and you could get, um, you know, if Pep loses a bet, he could put on a red nose and be Rudolph. And... So before we move on to talk about Stoke, uh, with Christmas coming up, and we, we, you know, we had a little feature early on in our first episode about what's going to come for Jose Mourinho at Tottenham. But Jim, I want to know what is in Jose's sack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, if Jose was Santa Claus and he was giving out gifts, I can't help but think the things he would give out are a lump of coal for all the bad Ooh. children, a Jose Mourinho biography. Um, <laughs> Strong booze, you know, like vodka or absinthe. Nothing enjoyable, just something that gets you drunk quickly because that's the most efficient. (laughs) And a pair of socks that are made of, like, sack material, not because they're comfortable, but just because they're utilitarian and last and work. 
Um, <laughs> but I was I was looking at this and I was like, Jose Mourinho and Christmas aren't two things that go together very well. If he's not being sacked, he's being miserable. So I had a look. Well, you say that, but I on my list I wrote down he'd probably bring a trophy. You know, start a bit more positively. Three points. Um, yeah, <laughs> three points here and there. But also he's bound to bring a press conference where he declares himself as the second coming of Jesus. It's only a matter of time. I had a look at uh, the internet. It's quite a scary place, kids. And there's a surprisingly large amount of Jose Mourinho merchandise that you can buy for your loved one if you're stuck for Christmas. Obviously, don't get it imported from Europe because... Uh, Probably can't now anyway, can you? That, that ship's kind of sailed now, lads. Uh, <laughs> well, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a particular T-shirt from uh, redbubble.com. Uh, it's a white T-shirt and it's a photo of Jose holding his... He's got his hand cupped up to his ear and it says, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry. I have nothing to say. Uh, <laughs> and it's de- it's described uh, by the seller as a Jose Mourinho T-shirt for Jose fans around the world. Add this to your wardrobe or give it as a perfect gift. The standard traditional T-shirt for everyday wear is classic, generous and has a boxy fit. Double needed, double needle hems and neckband for durability. Has 150 reviews, and almost all of them are uh, four or five stars. Um, so there's a whole world out there. There's also, you can get a Jose Mourinho Christmas jumper uh, that says Merry <laughs> Christmas, and it's got Jose's head in the middle of a wreath. Oh, I prefer uh, not get, to speak. <laughs> you can get, yeah, you can get a slightly creepy duvet cover. Uh, you can get a mug that says, I prefer not to speak. Or my <laughs> my personal favourite is a pair of socks that are 15 quid and it just has a, a repeated pattern of Jose Mourinho's head and underneath, in quotes, it just says, fuck off. <laughs> so happy Christmas, everyone. That's incredible. Does anyone actually know anything about Stoke and how they're doing? They're managed by Michael O'Neill now, who's done a, a good job at Northern Ireland and seems to have sorted them out. Uh, from being relegation fodder to actually being quite okay in the championship. Uh, I think they've only lost one in seven, I think it is. Um, And I had a quick look at their results before, and it'll surprise absolutely no one uh, that they keep a lot of clean sheets. Their last seven results, 0-0, 1-0, 1-0, 2-1, loss, 0-0, 0-0, It's like binary. (laughs) 0-0, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got uh, James Chester still there, Ryan Shawcross, um, oh. Sam Clucas, John Obi McKell, <laughs> James McLean, uh, Lee Gregory, <laughs> Sam Vokes, uh, Stephen Fletcher. So it's basically a graveyard for has been footballers. Like the MLS. <laughs> the only thing I know about Stoke is that on my most recent football manager save, John Terry managed them in the championship in the 23-24 season and got relegated. So There was a hilariousness about this that Stoke are seemingly doing quite well, but every Spurs fan I've seen write about this, any social media or anything, has said, got the easiest draw out of the quarterfinals, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> It's setting us up to failure, isn't it? It's, uh, we've, we've seen it all before. Everyone's already decided, yep, Spurs, League Cup, we've won it. Hang on, hang on. Stoke are going to be up for it. <laughs> They're not a bad team. They're hard to break down. They're playing a team that struggles to break down teams. It's uh, a little bit concerned that 
Jozo's one trick pony, as I think we are now, we'll, might actually come a cropper here. Could be a waste of a Wednesday. Uh, anyway, we're recording on a, a Monday night. Uh, Wolves have just played. I don't know, Vard, if you watched it. Um, I didn't because it was the earlier kickoff uh, and I was too busy living my life, really. But Wolves actually uh, lost at Burnley, uh, which is always great for Spurs because it means that they've got a comeback performance to have against us. Uh, that's very spurs It always seems to happen. You never know which Wolves side are going to turn up, Ash. No, but I'm... Obviously, it's really sad what happened to him and it's, but they have lost a lot of uh, sort of penetration and, and danger mm. when, when without him on the, on the field. So I'm not too worried about him. Again, it's a similar circumstance where both teams prefer to counter-attack, but I think the difference is Wolves are far more happy to have the ball than Leicester were. So theoretically, it's the perfect game for us to um, to get back on, on track in the league. Not sure I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, uh, I can't think of anywhere worse, really, that you'd have to, want to have to go apart from the Etihad or Anfield um, if you're on a bad run than Molyneux. Just because they're... Uh, oh, you're right, yeah, they're missing him and as they're on a bit of dodgy for themselves, but it's it's a tough place to go. and I think uh, it'll be a tough game, that one. I just think their goals then? have dried up a bit. Um, obviously, they lost Jota to Liverpool. Absolutely class signing for them by the looks of it. He's pushed on in, I think, in ways we, we weren't always sure he had that uh, extra bit to go and he's shown it. So fair play to him. But the, the amount, you look at the amount that Wolves played Jimenez up until this really unfortunate injury, you realise how much they actually relied on him, not just for goals, but just for his, his presence in the box. And now that he's gone, they absolutely missed that. We have the same problem with Kane, that's fair enough. So <laughs> we see their issue, but. I just don't really see where, apart from some sort of trickery from the likes of Neto, obviously Traore is an athlete, but I don't, I only really rate him as an athlete. I don't really see him as a as a great visionary footballer, if you know what I mean. Um, so in that sense, they're, I think they're quite a bit of a blunt instrument, which should set us up in, in quite a good way and probably lift the mood if we get knocked out by Stoke on Wednesday. <laughs> so I guess you want some predictions now. Yeah, that'd be nice. Let's start with... Um, Stoke, Jim, League Cup quarterfinal. What are you saying? Nil nil. Uh, Spurs to Spurs to go three, but nil nil in ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Go on, Ash. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea, so I'm going to have a bit of fun with it and just say four nil. Why not? <laughs> to whom? <laughs> <laughs> to Tottenham, of course. I like your confidence. I just really feel like we've set ourselves up to fail here. I think they'll nick it 1-0. Like they'll get a goal in the first five minutes and we'll just spend the rest of the game chasing, which we don't do very well. So I, I think it might end up being something like 1-0 to Stoke. Uh, moving on to Wolves then. Um, Ash? Um, yeah, the, the defenders aren't great. The most difficulty we'll have is trying to get through their fairly rigid structure. So I, I think we'll nick it 1-0. Mm. Jim, do you agree? Um, they've got a bit of a break before they play again. Um, and they're hurting a bit, I think. So I will go for one all. Mm. Where is it at Molyneux? Yeah. Ah, shit. Uh, <laughs> well, being at home hasn't done us much good. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> we prefer being the underdog. Um, 3-1 Spurs, let's be bold. Anyway, just like the uh, Christmas presents that my parents probably aren't going to get now, it's time to wrap it up. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, We'll see you next time, stupid Jules.